So I hope that you all enjoyed a very happy, festive Thanksgiving, whether you were away and have returned or had people come in or just a, a quiet, quiet celebration at your home. Thanksgiving really is about going home, isn't it? Whether it's mom and dad's home, or whether it's people coming to our home, or going to a friend's home. So beyond the turkey and dressing, beyond the mashed potatoes and the pumpkin pie, this holiday that we just celebrated draws our hearts to give thanks. And chief among the blessings for which we do give thanks is a place to call home. Something I think we often take for granted in life. But how do you define where home is? Now that may seem like a big duh question, <laughs> but it's not so simple. In this world that we live in that is restless and hurry up and wait and very mobile, where do you call home? Is it where you grew up? Is it where you live now? Is it a different place altogether? Home should be, but sadly is not always, a place of safety and security, a place of belonging. Today's Old Testament lesson from the prophet Jeremiah speaks of home and security. So as we enter into the season of Advent, our Advent prayer comes from the final words of Scripture, from the book of Revelation. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. It's really a lot more than that table prayer. We begin with those same words, Come, Lord Jesus. This Advent prayer is a prayer that the Lord Jesus would indeed come again and take his redeemed and waiting people home to be with him, to that place where he promises to wipe away every tear from the eyes of his people, where death shall be no more, where there is no more mourning, nor crying, nor pain, for these former things have passed away. That's an amazing concept to hold on to because we live in a world marred by mourning and crying and pain and death. Jesus promises a home where those things are no more. And friends, this is the kingdom of God in its full and final revelation, glimpses of which we only see now, just bits and pieces. We await its final and full revelation with patient hope. The kingdom of God of course, is a major theme in Scripture running through both Old and New Testaments through prophets like Jeremiah from the Old Testament lesson for today through apostles like Paul in the epistle reading for today. And the kingdom of God centers on the Son of God, Jesus, the Anointed One, the Messiah, the Christ, the King to whom all the apostles and prophets, indeed all of Scripture, point. So during this Advent season, we are going to focus our preaching on those Old Testament lessons, all taken from different prophets. 
and all of which point to the promised king and his kingdom. And so that is our theme for Advent preaching. The king is coming. And what we focus on this morning from Jeremiah then is the king's city, safe and secure. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Jeremiah is sometimes referred to as the weeping prophet, so named because the message he was called by God to bring to God's people caused a lot of weeping, a lot of crying, a lot of wailing. It was a message of judgment upon God's people for their stubborn refusal to receive correction from the Lord, for their stubborn refusal to repent and turn to the Lord. You see, Jeremiah, like the Lord Jesus himself, wept tears of sorrow over the city, over the people of Jerusalem because of this. Their sins were flagrant. They were grievous. They were worshiping other gods, offering sacrifices to them, not in some dark, far-off location under wraps somewhere. No, front and center in the temple in Jerusalem. Sort of an in-your-face God. We're going to do what we want to do, and we don't care what you say. Hmm. Other sins, such as open adultery, trampling on the needy and the poor, even child sacrifice, humble, trusting hearts of faith were replaced by rote religious duties. Check the box, fulfill the obligation, and move on because you did your duty and now the rest of life belongs to you. The people believed that if they kept the sacrifices going at the temple in Jerusalem, churning them out day after day, then God would have to be appeased because they were doing what God told them to do after all. And he was their God and they were his people. So they carried that sort of like a chip on the shoulder that God almost owed them because of this special relationship. Suffice it to say that the message Jeremiah brought was not welcomed by the people of Judah and Jerusalem. Jeremiah suffered much at the hands of the people of Jerusalem because of his message. Nobody wanted to hear about the temple and the city being destroyed by the superpower of the day, the conquering mighty Babylonian war machine. Nobody wanted to hear about God's people being carried off as exiles hundreds of miles to the east on the Babylonian plain. But you see, that is the word of God that Jeremiah was called to bring tough job. Jeremiah's call from God was to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and overthrow, but also to build and to plant. Hmm. 
And we're not talking here about physical buildings and structures. That would have been the easy thing. What's talked about here, this call from God to Jeremiah, was within the hearts of his people. There's the real challenge. Jeremiah was called, like pastors are called today, to preach the law, the hammer of God's judgment upon sinful pride and arrogance that rears its head against God. It destroys and overthrows idolatry in whatever form that may take. But Jeremiah was also called, as pastors are called today, to also preach the gospel, to build and to plant in the hearts of God's people the good news that surely it is God who saves me. I will trust in him and not be afraid. I can't tell you the number of people over the years who have clung on to the words of that first song of Isaiah as they get ready to go in for surgery, as they're facing a dark moment in life. Those are powerful words and they are words of hope for all of us. Advent is sometimes called Little Lent. Did you know that? Crazy, huh? Well, like Lent, Advent is also a season of repentance, calling us to live as Jesus calls us to live in the gospel lesson for today. Watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. Now lots of people think Advent, if they know what it is at all, oh, that's getting ready for Christmas, right? Well, I'm all for Christmas, for celebrating the good news of the birth of our Savior. That should be cause for joy and gladness. That's Jesus' first coming. But you see, the real purpose of Advent is to prepare us for Jesus coming again, when he will return no longer as a helpless infant, but as the king and judge of all creation, coming in righteousness. So when that great and final day shall come, how will we stand? before the Son of Man? What will be our confidence and our hope on that day? Will we fall back on what we've done? Deeds, works, merits? You know, the Word of God tells us all our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. Not just deeds, but righteous deeds are like filthy rags. And that there is no one who does good, not even one, Scripture tells us. So if we are hoping to stand before the Son of Man on that great and final day, in our own righteousness, folks, that is a false hope. 
and we will be sorely disappointed. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah in those days, and at that time I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he will execute justice and righteousness in the land. You see, Jeremiah is pointing ahead, literally hundreds of years ahead, to the only one who ever was or ever will be righteous. And that is Jesus himself, whom God sent forth, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. And that's us. This is Jesus, the sinless Son of God who shed his blood on the tree of the cross as payment for all of your sin, who clothes us in his own robe of righteousness. Think about it. When the world last saw Jesus, it was when he was hanging upon the cross, derided, scorned by the world. That's the last public image of Jesus that the world saw. Now we know and believe that Jesus rose from the dead, that he ascended into heaven as witnessed by the disciples, but not by the world. So when that great and final day comes, what a shock the world will be in for to see Jesus no longer broken and bruised and bloodied, but resplendent in his majesty and heavenly glory and power as King of kings and Lord of lords and judge of all creation. And friends, this is what we need to hold on to now in these days of great uncertainty, when everything seems like it's coming apart at the seams, going from bad to worse, Jesus, our righteousness, is coming again. And where the king is, there his city is also, new and heavenly Jerusalem, as we're told. This is the name by which it will be called. It is the king's city. The Lord is our righteousness. As the king is, so is his city, and by his grace, so are his people who are blessed to live there clothed in his righteousness alone, faultless to stand before his throne, safe and secure eternally. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. And so we pray, Savior of the nations, Come, show the glory of the Son. Every people stand in awe, praise the perfect Son of God. Amen. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen.